What is going on, everybody? You are back on another edition of the Coach's Corner. I am Justin Dupengeiser, and I am joined, as always, by my guy, Caleb James. Before we get Caleb in here, just make sure you take a second, smash that like button, make sure you're subscribing, because we are officially in game week. We're going to have live NFL football on Thursday night this week. We are having Chiefs football on Sunday. I am fired up for it. Caleb, my guy, what is up, brother? Been a very long offseason, but it's finally here. You know, it's time to roll. It's time to go see what number 15 of the boys can do. I even threw on the old Showtime Kansas City shirt. This one, man, I'm looking forward to it. This opening week versus the Browns, this could honestly be the most important week of the entire season for deciding playoff seeding and the AFC. This could be a legitimate AFC championship game preview. I think both of these teams, people are going to consider them the cream of the crop in the AFC this year. It's going to be just electric, but, you know, the season does start on Thursday night with, you know, Tampa Bay, the Super Bowl champion, Buccaneers are going to be going to play the Cowboys. That'll be exciting, but it does feel good that real football is here. Yeah, no doubt. I've been uh, biding my time and watching some Netflix shows and (laughs) trying to just wait until uh, till the NFL got back on a great Netflix show though. If you're looking for one, it's uh, what is it called? It's called um, crime and penalties untold story. You ever seen that? I haven't seen it. No, I have, I, to be honest with you, I really don't watch a lot of TV outside of like, maybe like some acclaimed shows like the Sopranos or the wire, which uh, RIP the uh, Michael K. Williams plays the character Omar little in the wire. He passed away the other day, but, you know, that's a good show, but I'll be honest with you. Uh, after I've watched all those college football games this weekend, I've literally been doing like my, I've been watching a lot of football movies. That's what I did last night. I think I watched, fr- I watched Friday night lights and I watched part of Rudy. So there's that. I'm mean, I'm in full mode right now. It's time. Yeah. I have to, uh, I have to bargain with my wife. I can't, I can't be, <laughs> I can't have the TV Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Well, I already have it then, so I can't take it Monday or uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday as well. Well, Friday I have games. So really, Tuesday and Wednesdays, it's something we like to do to watch a show. And it's funny you mentioned Sopranos. This this show, the, that one that I'm talking about, it's about Jimmy Galante and AJ Galante. And they're basically – Jimmy Galante is basically like the real-life Soprano. Like oh, really? In his office, he has a signed picture of Tony Soprano by James Gandolfini, the actor. And it says, to Jimmy, the real-life Tony Soprano, like it is wild. Basically, the dude ran like a trash company, was in the mob, bought his 17 year old kid a hockey team, like a minor league hockey team, and let him run it. It was, you got to, it is honestly wild. It's really a really good show worth a watch. But, um, anyway, give it a look, man. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, when, I said, when I said Friday night, night, Friday night lights, I wasn't talking about the TV show. I think the TV show is terrible. I was talking about the movie with, Billy Bob Thornton about the boys down, you know, based on the true story of the Permian football team. So how about a quick, quick story on that? I went to a coaching clinic in Ohio Jeepers, maybe 10 years ago now. And after all the clinics stuff gets done, you know, you go down to the bar with all the coaches and you just use drink and you hang out. And one of the coaches there was a high school coach and he was one of the coaches that play that coaches against Permian there, or, you know, that team that is the the main team that Billy Bob Thornton coaches for Friday Night yeah. Lights. And when they made the movie, they actually contacted him and 
to like learn about him and like what he did and like how he acted on the sideline. And like, apparently they contacted like all the coaches in the area and stuff to learn. So that guy like met with all like the movie producers and met with the people and like had to talk about like Odessa and like how they played and like how the coach was and all this crazy stuff, but really cool guy sat there and drank with me the entire night. He ended up sending me a box of shirts of their team. So I got shirts from them. (laughs) My wife still wears it around the house. So pretty cool. The only football movie where like they actually get the jargon right is a lot of the football movies. They're just saying random things that you think a football player would say. <laughs> then like when you're in the huddle and you're like listening to the quarterback for the Panthers or whatever, go through it. Like it's actually sounds like a legit football play. Like their coaches yeah. are like making like real coaching adjustments in there. So yeah. that's what I appreciate about that movie is they're not just doing it up for the camera. You know, they actually get that part right. I think that's probably why it's, one of the greatest football movies of all time. Yeah, Friday Night Lights is a is a really good one. So, um, let's talk. Uh, let's talk real quick. I just want to know. I just saw this that the that the Ravens signed Le'Veon Bell. Um, Justice Hill is going to be out for the year. Who who was another one of the running backs after obviously they lost J.K. Dobbins. Um, it was already kind of being said that Tyson Williams was going to be their backup. I mean, Bell, do you see this, him making any, any difference for the Ravens? Because I really kind of don't. He did not look like he had any bursts or really any athleticism left. He got up being a healthy scratch a few games for the Chiefs at the end of the year last year. So I don't think that that signing really moves the needle for me at all for the Ravens. No, I don't think it's going to do a whole lot, especially since I'm I'm pretty high on Gus Edwards. I don't know if everyone else is. I thought he was a quality back last year for them. I always remember picking him up on my daily fantasy team because J.K. Dobbins did, you know, he didn't lead them in carries last year or anything, but I feel like they're still comfortable with Gus Edwards carrying the load. And their offensive line should be pretty good again this year. You know, they re-signed Mark Andrews. They got all the good tight ends and fullbacks. So I don't think it's a surprise what Baltimore is going to do. They're still going to come out and run the ball. Maybe, I mean, maybe if those put in Le'Veon Bell for some short burst, but I think they're just going to have, you know, Gus and Lamar Jackson carry the load pretty much for them this year. Yeah. And I watched that, the highlights a little bit of Tyson Williams and he's, he's a pretty capable running back and he's, he's got a pretty nice little highlight film from college. So um, yeah, I think Bell's just kind of insurance and, and another body potentially there for certain situations, but I don't think he'll get much run, but Let's uh let's talk Chiefs Browns here. So this is this is a rematch of the playoff game from last year. Obviously, uh, Patrick Mahomes ended up getting hurt in it and going out in the game. And Chad Henney came in and finished them off. And we've kind of heard the Browns chatter for the entire offseason about how the game was close and this and that. And it's I just I don't know if like they realized how bad they were getting beat when Mahomes went out of the game or if they forgot or. Um, to me, there's a, a bunch of interesting matchups in this game. There's some stuff that I think are going to be key for the chiefs, but right away, I kind of want to know what, what's your feeling on this game? Um, you know, I, I, I always, I'm always interested to see, you know, that you see a lot of these teams that come off of a Super Bowl lost and they come out and they do not perform in the next season. So I'm going to be interested to see how, how kind of the chiefs handle that right away and an, an opponent that a lot of people think are going to make a push for this, you know, a nice little playoff run and, and they're supposed to be in another, uh, taking another step forward this year. Dude. Uh, I mean, if you look back to the first half of the game when Mahomes is healthy and mind you, we didn't even have Clyde in there. 
the Chiefs really just kind of routed them in the first half. I mean, they were lapping them. It wasn't even close. I mean, the first two drives the Chiefs had offensively, they went downfield, and I don't think Mahomes threw an incompletion. They looked crisp. They looked sharp. Knowing, you know, the Chiefs had their, you know, that backup offensive line, and they still weren't getting any penetration hardly at all with Miles Garrett. Now, when Mahomes went out, obviously that changes the complete aspect of the game. But the big thing for me is I know in Kansas City, we have like some bad nightmares about some horrible run defense games. The Chiefs' defensive line came out with Chris Jones at defensive end, and they basically came out and they dominated Cleveland from start to finish. And you know, they shut down the run game in the first half. They made Baker Mayfield make plays. Baker Mayfield did make a few here and there. But he also threw an interception, you know, late in the game or late or early in the third quarter that didn't make it guilt to help them out anymore. Now I know everyone's talking about how Cleveland has revamped their team. And I see saw their young linebacker uh, from Notre Dame said he's ready for Travis Kelsey. We're gonna find out because it's one thing to revamp your defense and have a bunch of, like, young guys in there playing in your secondary. It's another thing to do that and start your season versus a team like the Chiefs, who I think we just saw, they look like they're in form already. After that last – after, the, you know, the first couple of drives of that preseason game versus Minnesota, Mahomes and everyone looks locked in. Big thing for me, though, is the Chiefs really successfully ran the ball against Cleveland. The, you know, Cleveland was going to play the light box, and Daryl Williams, you know, he really carried the load behind. Not a very good offensive line, I thought, felt – at the time and now the Chiefs have completely rebuilt this unit so yeah I think that's gonna be nice a big offensive matchup for the Chiefs that I want to watch that I think is gonna be incredibly underrated but I think it's gonna help decide the game is going to be Miles Garrett versus versus Lucas Niang I want to see how much help the Chiefs are gonna give Niang and I want to see how he goes out and performs because I'll tell you guys what he's been looking very impressive in the preseason and in camp He's going to be thrown into the fire. This is going to be a battle week one versus him and, you know, potentially the best edge rusher in the NFL. Yeah, I think that uh, when I look at, like, some of the keys to this to this game, that's definitely one of them right away is the Chiefs' offensive tackles versus the Browns' pass rush with, with Miles Garrett, especially, who is, like you just mentioned, one of the best defensive ends, if not the best defensive end in the NFL He's a freak of nature. He he's he's everything you want in a pass rusher um, and an edge defender in the NFL. He he's big. He's fast. He can bend. He can do multiple pass rush moves. He's an absolute stud. There's really not much to be um, said about him. So it's it's like you said. Are the Chiefs going to help the tackles? Which in the past they haven't. Everybody knows that generally speaking in Andy Reid's offense, they leave the tackles out in islands. Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz were on islands for years just left out there. Hey, you got to, you got to win one-on-one and they did consistently. So I'll be interested if they do that again um, with Nyang and in Orlando Brown right away. And we're going to find that out. I think pretty early in the game, how they're going to handle that. Um, And then the other, on the flip side of that, I think one of the other keys that I had was the chiefs front seven against the Browns run game, their offensive line, and even if you need really the tight ends, because I kind of, when you package that all together, right, the Browns have a tremendous run game and then they love those little play action stuff to the tight ends off of the run game. And they got good tight ends. They have Austin Hooper, who's been a good player in the NFL for quite a while. They drafted Harrison Bryant a couple of years ago, who is an up and coming guy. They got David Njoku, who's an athletic freak at the tight end position. So they got some tight ends that they can run out of there. And obviously we're missing Willie Gay, who was on IR. So is Ben Neiman going to step up? 
Nick Bolton, Andy Reid said he thinks he's played well and is going to get some run. So, you know, how is that that Chiefs defensive line going to handle the Browns offensive line? And then, you know, how are those linebackers are going to combat against the good running backs and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and those tight ends for the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, dude. Hey, you know who's you know who's primed to have a really big week this week is Hitch. This is what he lived for. This is the kind of game he's designed for. And here's something I've been thinking about, you know, with the Chiefs defensive line this year. You got those guys in the middle, Jerron Reed and Derek Naughty. Those guys demand double teams. You're not moving those guys very far off the line of scrimmage. So that's taking away two blocks. That's going to give – or that's giving, you know, those linebackers, even if it is Ben Neiman out there, more time to read and adjust. I think this was planned so that they could help Bolton and Gay get up to speed eventually. Then you go Chris Jones at defensive end against the run game. He's going to command a double team also because he's not going to get moved off the ball by a tackle who's probably not going to be able to out-leverage him down there. So that's going to be a tremendous matchup. I think Hitch has a pretty big week this week, though. I think that the Browns, you know, they're pretty – they want to run it in between the tackles. This is where I think we've seen Hitchens really play his best, though, is when – because what are the games last year Hitch played his best against the Raiders a couple of times when they were going to pound it inside and the playoff game versus the Browns. So I think this is kind of a tailor-made game for him. And, you know, I think it's going to hurt not having Willie Gay against the play-action pass. But I think if the Chiefs take away the run game, they're going to force Baker to throw it down the field now. Probably have to be on the lookout for some trick plays. I expect that kind of stuff from the Browns. But the Chiefs have not lost in September in a while. And the Browns have not won an opener in a while. So either something's going to give or we're going to see more of the same. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I want to see what Anthony Anthony Hitchens does. He is in his contract year, I believe, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, we've talked about this in, in, in length on this show about how the contract year is undefeated. That is something the late great uh, Terrence Baylor used to say all the time that the contract year is undefeated and Anthony Hitchens has already come out in preseason. He looks faster. He looks like he's reacting better. So we're going to see. And if he comes out and plays like that, it's going to be a huge, huge boost to this defense. Um, another key key to me for this game is, is the chiefs red zone offense. Um, it, it's, you know, it gets brought up a little bit, but I don't think it warrants enough attention that the, how they how poorly they actually struggled in the red zone this past year. They're only 16th in the league, which is just average. And that is crazy for a team that scores as many points as they do. Right. So they're, you know, one of the top scoring teams while still being just a, an average team in the red zone. And I think a lot of that boiled down to is just their inability to be able to line up and run the football for a yard or two when they have to do it. When, when the other team knows you're going to run it, can you line up? Can you get a yard? Can you put yourself in the end zone without having to be cute and having to do all these reverses and, you know, Ferrari right, Ferrari left, Mahomes rolling, trying to make crazy plays, flips to Tyreek or to Travis Kelsey's and Kelsey's throwing it back to Mahomes. Like, can you, when it matters at times, can you line up and get a yard? So yes, there is a time and place for all that other stuff, but there are times where you have to be able to do that. And I want to see early on, can the Chiefs do that? Can this new offensive line and this new revamped line, when the pressure's on in red zone situations, when it's third and goal from the one, can you line up and smash it down their throat and run it? When it's, you know, when it's third and three, can you line up? Can you run, have the option to run the ball, you know, instead of always just having to go, all right, Pat, we need you again, buddy. Like do it again. You know, so that's, that's another big key to me is kind of seeing what this red, red zone offense does. Yeah, there's going to be a time and a place, like you said, for the fun plays, the reverse plays. 
that'll be when we were up a few touchdowns on the Raiders or the Broncos, you know, getting a little towards later in the game when they do some fun stuff. This week, though, they, they have to come out and make a statement this week. They were pretty much called – we've been talking about this all offseason. They were pretty much called soft the entire, you know, the entire week after the Super Bowl. You know, Bruce Arians is up there saying this is some Kansas City bullshit or whatever. That's some of that stuff. Well, now this is their chance because the Browns, their fan base and their players, they've been talking a lot. They're real confident right now. They're coming off of their best season in a long, long time. But this team right now in Kansas City, that just doesn't have the feel of a team that's going to come in and let you down after a Super Bowl loss, even though that is so popular. I think they're just so they're still so young and they're still so hungry and they still have all that fire and desire. And now you got three guys on your offensive line who've never played in a real NFL football game before. Dude, Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey, and Niang, those guys are going to be jacked up. They're going to be ready to go. And then you consider Orlando Brown Jr. has had a lot of matchups versus Miles Garrett. He's had success against Miles Garrett and the Browns. And Joe Tooney's probably one of the best. He's one of the best in the game at what he does. That unit up front, for me, the goal this week, they have to win. They have to win in the trenches. They have to dominate. They need to make it easy in the red zone. We don't need Andy Reid emptying the playbook this early in the season to score from the five-yard line. We should be able to run power, counter, iso, duo, whatever they need to do, run some toss. You know, there's going to be a time and a place for the explosive plays because I do think explosive, fun plays are a key to winning football games. But when you get the ball inside the five, you need to move a guy off a spot. That's I think that's got to be a tremendous key for them this week. I love, I love how you say that. They need to come out and make a statement early, and they do. And I think that, you know, you do that in the first week, um, it's going to put a lot of teams on notice because obviously everybody watched the lack of depth that they had in the offensive line and how the offensive line struggled. And, and, you know, really, you saw it all year. I mean, it was just magnified in the Super Bowl because they had so many injuries. And then, you know, when you have, you know, your best tackle, both your best tackles out, it just is going to get even worse than it was. So um, I, I, I want to see him do that. Like you said, come out, make a statement, move guys off the football, pick up those two yards when you need to and, and make it look easy. Don't make it like, oh my God, here we go again. And you just, you clench up every single time there's a third and one or something. You're like, oh boy, here we go. Are we going to get it this time? You know, mm-hmm. just let's, let's have a little confidence, a little swagger walking up the line, knowing that we're just going to blow some guys off the ball and pick this up with ease. Um, another big key to me and something that I'm, I'm going to be watching pretty closely is the wide receiver two in, in McCole Hardman. Is it, is it his time? Is he going to take this opportunity and step up and be, be the guy, be that number two guy? Is he going to be able to do more than just take, um, you know, those jet sweeps and reverses and, and, you know, just the deep balls, is he going to be able to run crisp routes and run the comebacks and, 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 win one-on-one battles against press. Um, you know, the, the Browns have a pretty talented secondary. They really do. So, um, you know, they've, they've invested in the position. They've brought guys over. They brought Johnny Johnson over from the Rams at safety. They, you know, drafted Denzel Ward. They've got a lot of guys back there that are, are good football players in that secondary and in their defense in general, they're a good football team. Um, so I'm going to be interested to see if, if, if Hardman can step up and be that guy where we've, we've seen the talent flash, like he made that, that touchdown catch in the preseason where, you know, just an incredible adjustment to the ball on the scene, or, or is he going to be the guy that a lot of people in chief's kingdom think he is where he's just, he's just an average guy that's going to be nothing for the chiefs in the long run. Yeah, man, this is going to be a statement game for him also. I mean, coming out, he's definitely one of the guys, he's had the giant chip on his shoulder, 
but he could have a giant key to success because another one of my keys to success I mentioned earlier is create more explosive plays in the other team. Those kinds of things are back-breaking when Tyreek Hill goes for 50. It can be, you know, we've even seen it from McCole Hartman. It's back-breaking to teams when he scores the long touchdown. If he can be the wide receiver, too, they make, I think the Chiefs can have a lot of explosive plays that, you know, would probably get a young secondary down on themselves there in Cleveland. But especially after the Super Bowl, you know, and the AFC Championship game, I think Hardman's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder. I think it'll be interesting to see how they use him. I think it'll be interesting to see how uh, – I think oh, I'm, gu- I'm guarantee you they're going to let probably let Byron and D-Rob play over uh, Kemp and Fountain – just for this week more than likely, but it'll be interesting to see how that goes down. You know, if, if teams are going to let Byron Pringle stand 10 yards off of him, they're going to let us run a five-yard curl route. We might as well just do that every time until they step up and want to play man on him. Cause I'm start. I, I get the feeling the Browns are going to come out and they're going to fall into the trap that the chiefs are trying to set. They're going to try to play the exact same defense that Tampa did, even though their front seven isn't near good enough. I think they're going to give up a lot of, underneath stuff to the Chiefs just trying to prevent the deep stuff you know what I mean yeah absolutely um it, it is going to be interesting to uh, to see in general too like you said how that wide receiver rotation just goes you know where is Dar- Demarcus Robinson coming to play when is Byron Pringle coming to play who is that third receiver Hardman's right now is the t- number two guy he's going to be the number two guy getting a lot of those options but when they go through wide receiver sets who's that third guy um it'll be interesting to see it'll be fun to see kind of what they do um with that and 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 then I guess my last thing is is that second cornerback position in Mike Hughes um he has played pretty well in this preseason but it is preseason and I want to see how does he come out and fit in with the rest of that secondary who's who's had a lot of time now kind of to play together Matthew Ward this is Snead's second year now with a full offseason Daniel Sorensen looks like Thornhill's back healthy these guys are all healthy. Now let's add Mike Hughes in here and into that second cornerback spot. And what are they going to do? Right. Take away mm-hmm. those deep play action plays. Let's see if he can be that guy on this, on the other side of Ward in this defense. He can play very similar, a very similar level of football to what Bashad Breeland has in the past couple of years. Then the chiefs are going to be a okay. And honestly, he's a lot younger. He's more athletic than Breeland was. I mean, I wonder if we see him returning a punt or a kick at some point in this game also. I think that was definitely one of the things that, they're, you know, everyone's been talking about. They think he's going to be something good at. I'll be on the lookout for that. But, I mean, man, the Browns, they're going to be out there with Odell and Jarvis Landry. You know, those two guys, they know how to play the game. But it feels like this is just the year it's all coming together for the Chiefs defense, no matter who the opponent is. It just feels like this is that third year under Spags to where everyone – you know, everyone on the roster is going to try to, uh, you know, everyone on that defensive side of the ball is going to gel. I think this is the best defensive line we've seen them had in a while. The linebacking core may not be outstanding early on. If Ben Neiman's playing a lot and they're trying to, you know, get Bolton adjusted, get, get Willie healthy. But I think they're going to be relying on that secondary, man. There's a lot of snaps in there between Tyron Matthew, you know, Thornhill, Sorensen. And, uh, you know, Mike Hughes has played quite a bit of ball himself. Sneed, he looks like he's going to be an absolute baller. Fenton is just going to – Fenton's going to continue to be just that great role guy. It's a big overall year for the Chiefs defense. I think this year could be the best iteration we've seen of it, though. But I think that's secondary this week. They're going to have to play tough. They're going to have to play physical. I want to see them out there frustrating Jarvis and Odell. 
I want to see I want to see the Chiefs frustrating the Browns in general because you know you can you can try you can see a team's character when they start to come out and I know the Browns you know they're talking the talk but are they really ready to be to be the team in the AFC because I think this guy right here is going to see if, if Baker's really ready to take the next step as a, and be a quarterback and compete with them. Yeah, no question about that. Um, all right. Before we get out of here, last thing, I would, you, I'm going to have you make a prediction if you have any any predictions for the game, and then I'm going to have you give a score and uh, tell me who you win. I'll go, I'll go first. So I'm going to say the Chiefs win 38-20. to 20. I'm going to say Chiefs win 38-20. I'm going to say Chris Jones has two sacks. So that'll be my my little extra prediction for it for the game. Now, do you think he has those sacks at the in the interior or at the defensive end position? Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say coming off the edge. Okay. Okay. Be a good matchup, Jack Conklin and uh, Jedrick Wills versus Chris Jones. I think he could. I think he can beat those guys with his bull rush. Those guys are kind of longer. They're not more powerful tackles. I know. You know. They're. I mean. They're good but they're not used to going against that kind of load. My big prediction this week for the Chiefs, I think they are going to win the football game. I think it'll probably, I think it'll be like 35 to 17. And my big prediction for them is I think that we see Clyde Edwards Hilaire score two rushing touchdowns and rush for over 150 yards. I think the Browns come out and they run the carbon copy of what Tampa Bay did in the Super Bowl. What, you know, we've seen Chiefs struggle against, those deep safeties, you know, just not really playing, just playing back to almost the first down marker. And I think Andy Reid sees that. I think those young guys up front are fired up, and I think that their mission is just to run it down their throats if we see that. And, you know, all the national analysts are going to be like, look at all this help Patrick Mahomes has. But the earlier the Chiefs can run the football this season, the better, because it's just going to put teams in a harder and harder spot. No question. Yeah, make sure uh, if you're listening to this, put in the comments who you think is going to win and what you think the score is going to be. I want to hear from uh, hear from all of you guys who you think is going to win. But, uh, Caleb, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and if you're working on anything. All right, guys, you can find me on always and Twitter at CJ Scoobed. Um, hopefully we can get some uh, game film on here soon because I have not yet resubscribed to game pass i'm going to wait until saturday and then do it so i can get a free week trial and actually see if they give it back to us before i purchase it again um this week i had a couple of articles come out last week one of them came out on sunday it's all about the chiefs four tight ends and the 14 personnel and how i think they're going to use their different tight end sets this year you could check that one out i'm going to try to write a little game preview and i've been doing the uh twitter spaces a lot i think we might have something planned for Later this week, um, you can check out for that. And then my other podcast, Chiefs Take, uh, that's going to be moving to a new platform here soon. I would like it. Uh, you know, if you guys want to check that out, I'll probably tweet about it here later on this week. But keep on keeping on, everyone. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, as always, at jdiz1617 on the Twitter. Um, be on the lookout. I might have some articles coming out uh, this week. Um, check out the other podcast called Balling Over Beers through Border Field Sports. That's all about fantasy and betting if you're into that kind of stuff. And uh, we appreciate everybody being here. Go Chiefs. We'll talk to you next time. It.